Good morning, everybody. Today is Monday, 11th of May, 2020, D-Day in France and other countries, Deconfinement Day. This is Julian Hoes, and you are listening to Morning Chat, Good News and Politics. How are you all doing? I hope that you guys had a great weekend. I hope that you enjoyed some of the lovely weather, that you had some good news, that you got to enjoy yourselves and distract yourselves from everything that's going on right now. Today, it's nine degrees in Amsterdam, eight degrees in Brussels, eight degrees in Paris, 8 degrees in London, 24 degrees in Bucharest, and 13 degrees in Madrid. And we have some good news today with a number of countries taking their first steps, primarily France, which is taking its tentative steps out of lockdown. Paris is finding itself under stricter measures due to the prevalence of coronavirus there and the fact that it is a red region, a, to- a term that I'm going to cover a little later on in one of the questions. And right now, the, the Parisian government is doing some relatively interesting things. Right now, they've got public transport officials for the RATP, the regional uh, transport administration, which is which has officers that are traveling around the uh, transports, the trains, the stations, and in public, providing hand sanitizer to those who ask. And I believe that the Parisian government, as well as the French government, are handing out free masks to all public members who need one and are simply unable to find one or can't afford one, which is a great initiative to use because not everybody can afford to buy the hand sanitizers or the masks they need for themselves and any family they may have. Now, two interesting questions today. First one, can we really compare COVID-19 figures? This is a complex question as there's a number of schools of thoughts of this. So you've got a number of people who look at this as what has been done from the third death in a number of countries. So this is possibly a way of simplifying the analysis and making sure that people are able to really look at what's happening. So for example, we can look at the way Italy did with their lockdown measures progressively as time went on from the third death compared to say the UK. However, there is a problem with this analysis. Now, New Zealand didn't wait until it was having citizens dying. It simply didn't. It had, I think around 200 cases before it decided to just go into lockdown. It had no deaths up to that point. And it's on. It's now one of the only countries that can say that it has actually beaten COVID-19 at the moment. There's also the issue of what happens in one single region when there's wildly different timings for the arrival. For example, can we truly compare what happened in Italy and the UK, for example, when the UK had Italy as a warning for what was coming? Some people say yes, because it's a useful way of, you know, disproving the fact that people say that the UK was late compared to other countries, which I think is a bit of an unfair criticism due to the way in which that no state had a warning, no state saw what was coming and was simply just doing what it could with the information it had. And also, if you think about it, Italy had some prior warning coming out of Wuhan and China, even if China was obfuscating and hiding information that was there. The other school of thought is that, in effect, we can't really compare them at the moment because we simply don't have all the information. We don't know all the things that are happening. We don't know everything that has gone on. We don't know what the various impacts on governance, local, national or international, due to various events that took place. For example, not every country had a strong portion of its leaders, such as the UK that uh, caught the COVID-19, and in the case of Prime Minister Boris Johnson, almost died. 
we have to be aware of the fact that all of these factors play a role in this. And so many people believe that we can't actually analyze what's happened until then. Of course, this doesn't necessarily suit partisan bias, as we're seeing very frequently in British politics right now with people just throwing missiles at Boris Johnson because he was a primary leaver or because they vote Labour and he's a Tory. People are going to find a way to criticise him anyway, but we need to show some sense of sensibility when it comes to these topics, especially at a time of crisis. Now, the third school of thought on this is that we simply cannot compare them at all. There's too many different figures, there's too many different variations based on culture, on location, on borders, on the dates, on the simple effects. For example, some people say, look at the way in which Sweden has fared quite badly compared to its Scandinavian neighbours. We can say that it's because of the lack of lockdown, but we can't necessarily say that it's only that. There may be other factors in play. There may have been a periodic weakness in the health infrastructure. There may have been low trust in governance. Same thing in a lot of the countries towards the south of Europe, such as the Spanish and Italians. How can we compare them with uh, Greece when Greece, despite having had a decade of austerity, being in a historically weak position, even if it's just come out of its repayments? The, how, how can we compare two completely different responses and two completely different events when one country has an incredibly strong health system, such as Italy, and Greece, which has a weak one, came out of this relatively unscathed by comparison. There's, and as well, how do we compare Europe to the US, where different political cultures, different cultural backgrounds, but a very wide array of ideologies at play, and again, the situation there is completely different. How do we compare it to Brazil, which basically just went into a mode of bravado and decided that it wasn't going to necessarily come by. I mean, I think there's an aspect of truth in all of these, and as time goes on and we start looking back at what's going on, we're going to start having a look at what changed, what happened, and I think I come down in the second camp, so see what happened when the lockdown has ended, once we can go back over all the data and analyze things. Because in some ways I think that the play-by-play uh, -play analysis, particularly by commentators on the internet who don't necessarily have the education to properly understand what's going on. They don't understand the politics, they don't understand the medical background, they don't understand the economic implications. I think it's quite unhelpful and leads to some misunderstandings and complications of what's happening that would have been otherwise avoided if, as Brexiteers hate hearing, we had listened to experts and things had gone on in that way. Now, second question, what is the difference between different deconfinements across different countries? This is an interesting question because as we've seen over the last couple of days, different countries have portrayed different plans. So. First of all, Ireland sets a very robust plan that has actually put the UK's plan to shame and that Irish commentators, particularly political experts such as Daniel Keohan, have pointed out quite poignantly. Uh, I'm putting the image up here so you can see what it looks like and you can see that it's quite robust, various levels, various time frames, various impacts. It's quite interesting when you compare it to the UK response, which while it's taken a slow deconfinement, it's, take, it's been portrayed as a fairly simplistic graphic. Uh, it's using a formula calculating the R coefficient combined with the number of infections, 
which many are still trying to get to grips with and understand. I personally am waiting to see how the government intends to use this because it wasn't very clearly explained during the, the explanation. And it's, I think it's quite unhelpful to see it in this way because it gives no dates, it gives no information. However, this is primarily due to Boris Johnson saying that he doesn't want this to be at the beginning of the lockdown. These are just the tentative steps towards lockdown because right now there's still too much risk. There's still too much danger to the British population. Now in France, this is possibly one of the more interesting ones. They have actually gone on a region by region basis setting out which regions are green, which regions are red, depending on various factors. And in green areas, gardens and secondary schools may reopen from May the 18th. And in red areas, secondary schools will remain closed this month, possibly opening in June. In all areas, however, primary schools are reopening from today, the 11th of May, which is D-Day in France. And they, however, parents can choose whether they want to keep children at home and uh, engage them in distance learning. This is slightly dangerous in my opinion because in France there is there is a problem with the complications that with how the language works and how language education in France is very intense for a number of years to the point that um, as many French people such as myself know growing up outside of France learning the language can be quite difficult due to its complexities especially when you're not in the French education system. This can provoke some problems where some children will have knock-on effects later on in life. Particularly, for example, if they have exams that they need to sit next year that require very specific information, they may have to take uh, specific classes to catch up on the topics that they've missed out on. They may need to look at what's happening in the education system and go over this over and over again, which, as we all know, not every child wants to do and not every child is happy to do. However, we have to place our trust in the government, who I'm sure has some sort of plan to, you know, rattrape les enfants that missed out on the education that they would have had over the last two or three months. Because let's face it, between March and May slash June, that is a lot of education that's being missed out on. There's a lot of knowledge that's being missed. And this could have an impact on future education and future generations. We don't know. Norway has actually reopened all of their schools, which is an interesting strategy. However, Norway was relatively unaffected compared to other states, particularly in Scandinavia. And this is a, it's an interesting move. We're going to have to wait and see what happens because if we look at what happened in Germany, as Angela Merkel said, the, um, the German people were skating on thin ice when the regions were reopening things. And the problem is that we've now found ourselves in a situation where in Germany we're seeing that a number of regions are having to be closed down once again. As since the beginning of deconfinement, cases have become climbing slowly within recent days. Uh, medical experts have cautioned, and I would echo this caution, that it's too early to say if this is going to be a, a great, uh, the second wave. This may just be small little outbreaks happening here and there. But... Effectively, we're going to have to wait and see whether this deconfinement is going to provoke some kind of problem in the German system, particularly as Germany has been held up as an example for how the governments can handle these things in a better way. Sweden has... it doesn't have a deconfinement plan. And I know that a number of listeners and followers of my previous episodes focusing on Sweden took great offence to what I was saying regarding what was happening in Sweden. 
However, Sweden is still de dealing with a greater, uh, greater death rate than the majority of the world right now, which is quite worrying. With the seven-day moving average from the 8th of May was showing that Sweden had the second highest number of deaths in the world, at 6.2 deaths per million of population. Second only to the UK's 6.6 deaths per million of the population. And ahead of the US, Italy, Spain and France. This should be worrying to Swedish people. I'm, I'm, I'm tr just to put all Swedish listeners to, uh, at peace. I've been doing my research on this. I didn't just pull the figures out of my, my backside. The figures were calculated from the WHO's daily situation reports by experts who know this far better than I do. And a lot of the things I said in previous episodes were based on factual information I found from academic sources, news sources, and international analysis. This isn't a good sign for Sweden. We can only hope that Sweden doesn't have a later outbreak than the rest of Europe and ends up seeing the same troubles that France, Italy, Spain, UK are currently seeing. We can only hope. The Netherlands is reopening businesses a week earlier than initially planned because Right now, coronavirus outbreaks is being brought under control in the Netherlands. I believe there was only 18 deaths in the last 24 hours here. Um, deaths in Amsterdam particularly were actually very low. I think there was only two or three. And this is a good sign. This shows that despite the criticisms for the Dutch strange lockdown system, which was a mix of the UK's herd immunity alongside a, a lockdown, that the Netherlands is is coming to terms with this, it's handling this well, and it's making this work. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it continues down this way, personally because I've just had enough of being stuck in my flat all the time. As much as I love speaking to you guys, and I will continue this when the COVID lockdown has ended. Uh, the only company being books on Emmanuel Macron, speeches by dead politicians, is my idea of fun, and I'm looking forward to being able to enjoy the sunshine a little more in the near future. However, again, we need to see like every case. Spain extended the state of emergency until the 23rd of May, and people are progressively going into the confinement. They're starting to go outside. However, there have been warnings. In Spain, the issue is that people have all left the lockdowns at the same time. You've got thousands of people in the streets running, doing sports, walking, chatting, sitting outside, and this isn't helpful. This doesn't necessarily help people from avoiding COVID-19. In fact, it may lead to a second wave that could be as bad and hopefully not as bad as the previous wave. Of course, a second wave during the Spanish flu a hundred years ago was uh, far worse than the initial set of cases. However, of course, we can only hope that the international medical agencies have learned their lessons from history and are using the historic data along with current practices to develop plans that can help. There's a list of a number of vaccines that are being produced as well. However, I will post a link in the description so you guys can have a look at this, so you guys can have a, a read of what's going on. It seems that there are some vaccines that are on the way, some that are in later stages of clinical trials being tried on human beings. So I hope there's some good news coming for everybody. I hope that people who are getting sick will be able to benefit from a vaccine soon or those who don't want to get sick and benefit from it. Regardless, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. I, as always, I'm doing this to, guys, to help you guys understand what's going on in the world, to help cover the topics that you guys want to hear, to 
answer the questions that you have and to make sure that you guys are best equipped for what's happening and to understand what's going on around you. Guys, like this video, subscribe to my channel, it helps immensely. Um, if you guys have any questions, send them in. Comment below in this video. Send me a message on Twitter if you're listening to this on Spotify, Anchor or any other podcasting service. Uh, I can only thank you guys for tuning in again. I hope that you're all in good health. I hope that you're looking after your mental health and your physical health. Both are incredibly important. Don't be so hard on yourselves if you think that you're not doing enough. The people who are telling you that you're not doing enough and if you don't come out learning seven languages and playing the flute, they have no idea what they're talking about. They are judging you when they have no position or moral authority to judge you. Just do what makes you happy. That's the only thing that matters. Look after yourselves. Guys, I will be back on Wednesday. Please send in your questions. I A lot of people are enjoying this, so if you guys could share this with your friends and family and colleagues, that would be greatly appreciated. And I shall see you guys in a few days. Look after yourselves. Have a great Monday. And if I don't see you for the rest of the week, have a great week. Take care.